You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, we're covering how to drive high intent SQLs through LinkedIn ads. I got to talk with Gabriel Ehrlich, the founder of Remotion. They're a LinkedIn ads agency for growing SaaS companies. You'll learn the framework he uses to drive high intent SQLs for his clients, and you'll also learn why his team measures relevancy rate versus MQLs and meeting rate versus SQLs for clients internally, how he uses benchmarks to get an early idea of how types of ads are performing, and what companies get wrong most about running LinkedIn ads. Gabriel, thank you so much uh, for coming on Metrics and Chill. I'm, like I said before uh, hitting the record button, super excited to chat with you. Been a fan of Remotion for a long time. Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming on and being willing to share some some of your knowledge. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Um, so for those who aren't aware of what you do, what Remotion is, can you give like the the high level summary of what you all specialize in? I think that's a good place to start. Absolutely. We are a LinkedIn ads agency. So we specialize in running LinkedIn ads campaigns for B2B tech clients, mostly software as a service companies, but you know, some like enterprise tech, but it's almost all software companies, um, both, uh, in pretty much all over the world, actually. Okay. And you have like 40 some clients, you said 40 plus clients or so on the roster yeah. right now. Yeah, we have about 40 clients, uh, about 15 employees, uh, and we manage nearly $2 million in LinkedIn ad spend a month. Okay, wow. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about, uh, for all the listeners out there, we're going to be talking with Gabriel about uh, improving SQL rate and taking a unique approach because a lot of times on the show, obviously, we're talking with like a marketer. Uh, driving a specific metric at a company, but this will be a fun one because we get to approach it from how Gabriel looks at driving this this metric, uh, specifically SQL rate, across a bunch of clients, so that you can kind of distill like high level things and get a lot of practical takeaways. Where sometimes when you talk with, uh, you know, we were, we were talking before, like sometimes when you listen to how one company did it, there were so many metrics or other factors playing into that growth that you can't emulate. So it can be a bit hard to get takeaways. So I think this will be really valuable for anyone looking to improve SQLs, uh, specifically through LinkedIn ads, but B2B advertising in general. Um, so before we start there, you mentioned there's like, there's a handful. I saw a LinkedIn post actually just this morning. Um, you mentioned you track CPL, relevancy rate, meeting rate, uh, rate of qualified leads, uh, from meetings, SQL to opportunity rate, opportunity to deal rate, ACV. Are there, what are, what are sort of like, what's like a handful of high level things? Is there anything I missed there beside, before we get into like the main metric? Yeah, I mean, those are the main things that you as a, you know, running a campaign where the purpose of that campaign is to drive leads that are ultimately supposed to turn into, you know, new business for your company. Those are the main variables that you really have some sort of influence on. And, you know, I, I use my own terminology, um, because I think it makes a lot more sense to be honest than a lot of these uh, terms that have kind of grown up with us in the industry, like MQL and, and SQL, uh, but I'm going to use them in, in the rest of the show for, for clarity's sake. But I, I talk a lot about relevancy rate uh, instead of MQLs, and I'll tell you why. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with LinkedIn ads, uh, but we also run Google ads for some of our clients. And really, you know, the question isn't necessarily whether or not, you know, what is an MQL? An MQL is however you've defined an MQL, right? So some companies right. have some sort of scoring metric and they say, well, if they visited the pricing page and then asked for a demo, they're an MQL. And some companies might say, well, if they have over 200 employees and, you know, 30 developers, they're an MQL and whatever, right? So across, across industries, across companies, the terminology itself starts to lose meaning. And so what do we actually care about? What, what can we actually influence here um, on our campaigns is relevancy rate, right? So uh, is this lead or how, how many of the leads that we've delivered are relevant? Um, if on, on LinkedIn, uh, we can hone in on companies over certain uh, employee headcount, and we can hone in on certain seniorities and titles and job titles and, and functions and all that stuff. Uh, in order to get to basically what is your, your target persona and your ICP. Um, 
we tend to be able to get a, a pretty high relevancy rate. Whereas on Google, for example, if you're only selling to Fortune 500 companies and you're only interested in talking to the C-suite there, then and and you're running on a you know on Google search terms that may be pretty popular, there's a very very good chance that your relevancy rate is going to be pretty low. And so you might have a low cost mm. per lead and, and even a great you know, MQL rate, whatever it is you're calling an MQL, but just that percentage of relevant leads or, or leads that you can actually, you know, pick up the, pick up the phone and call or, or, or relevant to what you're selling, uh, might be lower. And so monitoring that and tracking that is very, very, very important. Um, meeting rate, we call it meeting rate here internally at Remotion. Uh, some companies will call that an SQL. Some will call that, you know, scheduled meeting or something like that. But I, I like to look at, at that, and that for me is probably one of the most important uh, KPIs. But then, you know, of those meetings, the ones that actually happened and are actually qualified by the SDR or sales or whoever's talking to them, SQLs, is you, that's usually how people define that. That's probably one of the, the if not one of the most, the most important uh, metric because it's down funneling enough that will give you a very, very strong indication about whether or not this campaign can be successful. And from that point, from SQL to opportunity, opportunity to deal, all that stuff, it usually doesn't, it's, it shouldn't vary that much from channel to channel. There's going to be some variation, obviously, but it, sh it shouldn't be varying that much. But from even from campaign to campaign, channel to channel, all the other metrics leading to that point are going to vary wildly. And you can influence them a lot more with your campaigns than anything that's beneath the SQL rate. Yeah, I really like this. So this is a way that your agency is able to sort of get, like we were saying, uh, you know, before starting the interview that as a marketing agency, you're dealing with a wide variety of definitions. Everyone's coming in with like their own definitions, their own glossary terms. So yeah. relevancy rate, meeting rate are these terms that you're able to sort of educate your clients, it sounds like, and get them on the same page. Um, yeah, I mean, and it depends on the openness of the client, but for the most part, we use those terms internally um, so that we can okay. all kind of get behind what we're trying to influence. If they, you know, if, if they adopt our terminology, that's that's awesome. But, you know, especially with larger organizations, it's very difficult to change how, you know, the, the internal lingo. You know, sure. we're, we're just talking to the marketing guys, you got the sales guys, you got the revenue ops guys. So. It's, uh, it's not easy, uh, changing how people call things, but, uh, we, we like to kind of unify the way we call it. So relevancy rate is, is equivalent then to SQL or is, is re or is relevancy. No, no, that's, that would be more like MQL, uh, rate, but, MQL, uh, okay. yeah, again, it would depend on who, you know, how, how you guys call MQLs, right? So, or MQL rate, um, that's something that, you know, for some, and it, it, it's funny how like. Some company, but like companies that are using Marketo, they tend to define MQLs kind of the way that Marketo nudges you to define MQLs. And with HubSpot, it's a little bit more in the way HubSpot, it's, it's funny how that, you know, at the end of the day, these, these software programs, it all, I think, I believe it all started with, with Salesforce. And if somebody out there is listening and, and has a, you know, uh, an oral history of uh, where the terminology of MQL came from. I'm fascinated by this and I'd love to learn about it, but I have no idea. And I'm assuming that this is all Salesforce's fault. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, you'll, you'll have a startup, right? The startup might be two, three, four years old. They hire a you know, VP of sales or, or a, a CMO. And this person before that worked in another company and that's how they did it. And the company before that, that's how they did it. And so this stuff kind of just kind of rolls, rolls through the industry, uh, unchecked, but there's just, yeah, there's so many different ways that people are kind of calling this stuff. But at the end of the day, yeah, let's, let's talk about rel like what we care about, what, what I care about and the things that I can actually influence the most are relevancy rate the rate of which the leads that we're delivering are relevant to what the client wants to talk to and, um, meeting rate and how many of those leads, how many of those good, good leads we've been able to turn into meetings or schedule into meetings. And those are also things that we can influence. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think the SQL rate especially is, is the most interesting one. 
Uh, and we monitor that. We try to monitor that for all of our different clients. And we use, we actually use Databox for that. Uh, unpaid plug, full disclosure. <laughs> yes. Totally unplanned, I, am a happy, I promise. Happy customer. <laughs> happy customer of Databox. Um, so SQLs, you know, here, here's what we do in order to um, improve the SQLs for our clients. So, and I'm, I'm going to talk mostly about LinkedIn, but this is, this is true-ish for, for pretty much all B2B. So with B2B versus B2C, we, we care not just about the action. We don't just care about a lead. We care about who the lead is, whether or not that lead actually um, is relevant to us. And so we're looking at the relevancy rate. But then we're also trying to see, okay, well, were we able to actually get this person to, uh, were we able to speak to this person? And with paid media, especially with paid social, you know, it, this isn't the same as, uh, as inbound. This isn't going to be the same as SEO or word of mouth. Uh, so, so people are not just, you know, oh, you know, I heard all about you guys. I'm going to the website and, you know, and, and asking for a demo. Um, they might be engaging with uh, gated content, which I know is kind of falling out of fashion, but it still works and a lot of people do it. Uh, so they might be engaging with gated content or they might be engaging with a demo quest campaign or a webinar. And the differences in the meeting ratio are going to vary wildly. And so the benchmarks here could be anywhere between 1% for, you know, a very, very weak um, signal. Uh, uh, you know, type campaigns, say like a gated content or something like that could be anywhere between 1%, 5%, and 6%. And then for something like a demo request campaign, uh, it could be 12%, be 20%. And so that also can vary wildly. And so when we're trying to optimize and we're trying to improve this metric for our clients, we're not, you know, we're looking at, okay, well, what did they engage with? Was it content? Was it a demo request? Was it a demo video? Was it a webinar? Uh, and then also we're trying to see and break out what are the different sort of, uh, aggregated variables that might have an influence on the rate. So for example, if we have enough data, this is, um, this is an analysis that we did one, uh, recently actually for a pretty large client of ours that we've been working with now for two years, we have thousands, literally thousands and thousands of leads and hundreds wow. of meetings. And so we were able to go in and take a look and we want to improve the, uh, the meeting ratio. And so we were able to break it down by so many different things and say, okay, where is it better? Right. Uh, you know, let's, let's break out all of the, the, let's break it down by, by seniority, right? Let's, let's kind of branch it out by, you know, these ones are practitioners. These ones are, uh, directors. These ones are, uh, VPs. What is the size of the organization? And, you know, let's see if we can break it down by this is an old school organization. This is a new school, right? This is a digital organization. And this is like, um, you know, manufacturing and brick and mortar and stuff like that. And like, where do we see an edge? If where do we see where that, that meet to lead to meeting ratio or, um, the, the meeting rate or the SQL rate, where is it twice as high as average? Where is it three times higher than average? And where is there enough meat? Right. It's not just that to actually like draw yeah, insights yeah. about that. Yeah. It's, you know, where is it going to be a statistically significant, but also could I break, could I reasonably break this off into its own campaign and maybe double or triple the budget just on that in order to get a lot more leads there? And will that have an impact and, mm -hmm. and try to understand, you know, was this just a fluke or is this like meaningful? Is this really, really meaningful? And this, I guess kind of a sidebar here is that, you know, data can only, uh, tell us part of the story, but you really, really, really have to use common sense. You have to do, you know, you have to ask questions. You have to go in and, and try to understand like, why might that be? If you can't come up with a reasonable theory of why that might be, it's very, very likely that it's a fluke. Uh, and, and or it's very, very possible that whatever reason you think it might be might not like that might not be the case and you have like to be open minded about that different. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So at a high level, the way, um, so, so at a high level, improving SQL rate is this example of sort of, um, being really intentional with who you're targeting. You're then running these tests and then kind of reverse engineering and finding out, um, 
where are we winning? Where is it enough statistical significance? And then what are the, like looking with uh, kind of like a practical mindset, as well as like looking at the data to say like, what uh, factors might be going into this that's causing this? And then trying to like reproduce that same result by extrapolating that one factor. Yeah. And you know, this is, this is where it can get kind of dangerous um, because the big thing about meeting rate and SQL rate is there's a huge human factor involved. There's, you know, there's human beings on the other side of that and that can change, you know, regionally and that can change uh, seasonally. And so, you know, what we've investigated, you know, huge increases or decreases in SQL rate to find out, oh yeah, this was the quarter where John was on, you know, paternity leave and he's our best SDR, right? And, you know, you, you're, you're, you're pulling your hair out, trying to figure out what's wrong with your campaigns, right? What happened? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, the SDR is on, he's on vacation, uh, um, oh, wow. or, or something like that. And, you know, if you're not asking those questions as well, cause that goes into it, and it or it could be, you know, why are we getting, you know, why, why, why are we getting, uh, such a great, uh, SQL rate, you know, European campaigns and so poor in the U S and you find out, oh yeah, we only have, you know, one SDR in the US, we have five in, we have five in Europe or, you know, our, our star SDR in, in Europe, he, he, he's able to, to get five times the amount of, uh, uh, meetings. So, you, um, so yeah. you have, this is something that your team will look at as these, like, uh, I'll call them like qualitative factor. Like if they just stared at a, at an ads da like at a, you know, ad dashboard in LinkedIn or something all day. They might not notice this stuff. How, like, how are you getting insights like that kind of outside what the LinkedIn ad campaign? Yeah, we talk with our clients with? every week. Um, we, there's no way it works otherwise. We talk with our clients every week. We're trying to figure this stuff out. Often we have access to their HubSpot instances and we can kind of dive in there and we might ask, you know, we might be trying to figure this out on our, on our own, but there's no way that you can actually, you know, improve this stuff without actually integrating data from, you know, the CRM or HubSpot. Um, and there's no way to really understand that without actually talking to the client, asking the right questions. And what's interesting there is sometimes it really is a question of asking them questions that they might not have considered as well. Um, a lot of, a lot of people working in our industry, you know, they, they might, they might be, it might be their first gig in B2B and they might not be asking those questions either. And so part of the expertise that we kind of bring to, um, bring to, bring to bear with our clients is knowing what questions to ask, knowing how to diagnose the problem, uh, just because we've seen it all, right. We, we've just gone through it and, uh, so many times already that. You know, this stuff at the end of the day, it, 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 it kind of repeats itself. We, we see the same things over and over again and, you know, for better and for worse, the things that work tend to work, um, across, you know, across different companies and the things that aren't working, there, there tend to be, uh, kind of telltale signs and something, something is amiss. Um, yeah. What have been like, do you have a. Um, I know, I know you were saying it's really specific client to client and it kind of depends on their unique ICP, the product that they're offering, all of that. Um, but do you have like a rough idea of things you've seen, um, or, or a rough list for listeners of like things that have generally performed better than others? Like when you kind of look at all these things and you extrapolate these, uh, some of these more nuances, is it like, oh, generally we can say with certainty that certain ad types or, or ad mediums or like, so, you know, gated versus this or that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, this is an amazing question. And here, here's the thing, what we usually do when we work with a new client, we try to understand there, there are really four, these four variables that, um, we're kind of looking at. So for the most part, and, and no matter what everybody said, you know, some companies are saying they're doing demand gen or whatever, but at the end of the day, most companies, most B2B companies, they're running two types of campaigns, call them direct response campaigns and content campaigns. Direct response campaigns can be demo requests. It can be free trial, whatever it is. And you're trying, you're promoting your product and you're trying to get somebody to either try or, or, or learn about the product or talk to your SDR. And then those content campaigns could be a webinar, could be gated content, could be a gated webinar. It could be a video on demand, whatever it is, but it's, you're, you're, you're not promoting the product you're promoting. You're trying to 
provide value. Uh, and those are kind of the, the two main ways that companies are uh, trying to uh, get leads uh, through you know, LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever, right? And so like so, an example of the content campaign would be like, we're going to take our point of view or philosophy or like something like that or, or like- Just uh, get content. It could just be a, you know, an ebook, basically. An ebook okay, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So the first two things we're trying to figure out is what is the cost per lead for, demo, for a direct response campaign and what is the cost per lead for a content campaign? And where does that fit versus our benchmarks, right? And it's not to necessarily say, is this good or bad? It's to say, where, where does it look like we have an edge, right? So for example, if our benchmark for gated content is $100 cost per lead, and we're getting a $45 cost per lead, cool. That means we have an edge here. That means we're probably able to do more with less. And it probably means we're doing better than our competitors. And it probably means we have an opportunity there. And so we're trying to figure out the cost per lead for DR, for, uh, for direct response. And we're trying to figure out the cost per lead for content. And then we're trying to figure out the lead to meeting ratio for each. And generally, all else being equal and across everything, they tend to end up with the same cost per meeting general, right? And that's going to be in the vicinity of $1,500 to $2,500, something like that, give or take. Now, where things get interesting, and so I said it kind of depends on the client, my client basis, and what we're trying to figure out is where are things interesting for this client, right? So your cost per lead for you know a demo for a demo request campaign is three times more expensive than it ought to be um and your cost per lead for uh for uh content is is half of what it ought to be well we know what we should be focusing on we should be focused on on that content those content campaigns because they're working better and if the lead to meeting ratio for those content campaigns is normal enough it's enough that it's normal then we already have an edge and so that's that's basically how we're going to be doing that um so some things we can improve the the meeting ratio okay and, and the meeting ratio uh is tends to be anywhere between three to five times higher for a direct response campaign than it is for a content campaign and that makes perfect sense right because that's uh, what somebody's targeting yeah i mean if somebody is engaging just with a piece of content um they're quote unquote intent is, is not necessarily non-existent, but it's unknown. We don't, what I like to say that, uh, when we have, um, when we're running a content campaign, the, uh, the intent is basically the market intent. So if the market as a whole has a 3%, you know, is in market, uh, at 3%, then give or take, that's what you're going to see there. Uh, so of all of those leads that have engaged with your content, uh, about 3% should be interested in talking to you about your product because they are in market for something like this. Now, the stronger the brand is, that's going to be a little bit higher. The better the SDR is, it's going to be a little bit better. But give or take, uh, that's, um, th that's what it's going to be. And then for a demo request campaign, it should be anywhere between 3 to 5% higher than that. Okay. Um, and, and so that's, that's, a, that's a game that you can kind of play there. And so if you have a, a cost per lead for the demo request campaign, that is, you know, I don't know, 200 bucks and you're getting a hundred bucks for a, a content campaign and the lead to meeting ratios, they are normal, then you absolutely have an edge with the demo request campaigns. And it's, all this stuff is really funny because there's so many kind of, uh, holy, you know, I don't know, um, 10 commandments, don't do this, you know, we, you, you shouldn't be running demo request campaigns in a cold audience. But at the end of the day, we've, we've done this stuff so many times that we've seen that it all can work and it just varies between company and company and industry and industry, region to region. Um, you know, people say, you know, we don't, don't call leads that have, you know, just given you, you know, just downloaded content, but that's not necessarily true outside of the United States. There are some countries and some industries that 
they're happy to be called. They're like, wow, you know, nobody calls me, you know, and oh, wow, you have something that can help me do my job better. Wow. That's cool. This is the first time a software company is calling me self, you know, to sell me something interesting in certain industries in certain regions. And so, you know, it's important not to, you know, just kind of, uh, come at it with your biases about what, you know, what might work or not work for you in, you know, in your industry, we're all marketers, right? And uh, in your geo, uh, if you're you know, uh, in a first world country, it's kind of different than emerging market. Yeah, so it sounds like being fairly, you all approach it fairly agnostically. Like you, you don't subscribe to like any certain belief system. You're aware of a lot of these, of a lot of these, like sort of common sayings or truisms. But you're going to let the data speak for itself, and then kind of qualitatively look at the company's CRM that you're working with. Have constant conversations with them, and yeah. figure out the right approach for them. A hundred percent. And I mean, we're 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 agnostic. We'll, we'll call it we're strategy agnostic. We we believe that the strategy should be uh, coming from the company, right? So if our client has a very, very strong uh, demand gen uh, belief in, in strategy, that that's how they should be going about it, by all means, and we'll help them do that. But if they're, you know, they're not, and they're just saying, hey, we, we, we just need this thing to work, we're going to pull out, you know, the tricks that we know that work. And we have the benchmark to say, all right, this is, this is what it should look like. And these are the things that should be uh, worked on in, tor- in order to get it there. Um, at the end of the day, all this stuff, you know, they're, they're there for a reason and, and they can work. They don't always work. And there's some big, big differences between, uh, yeah, from, between the industries and uh, companies. And, and another thing that's important to kind of remind our listeners of is, you know, especially if you are working at a startup, if you are working in a category that is perhaps new, then a lot of these things might not necessarily apply to you because a, if you don't, if you don't have pro- product market fit yet, so many of these things are not going to work. Um, so many of these things, you know, are, are going to just kind of fall flat and you might think that it's the campaign. You might think that it's the targeting and it could be all of those things as well, but it could just be that you are product has not yet uh, reached product market fit uh, and it may never. And we are hearing all the time about companies that are, you know, um, kind of sh- uh, uh, downsizing and, and kind of coming back and pivoting. And and that's because whatever they were trying to do isn't necessarily viable. Um, so that's a big thing to take into consideration where you're kind of looking around and, and trying to learn things about what are working for other companies. If you're, you know, if you're if you're not yet at that stage where you're um, where things are working at scale in terms of you know uh, you're getting those leads and those leads are turning to 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 sales at kind of a at scale, it's going to be a little bit harder to apply these um, these best practices that are that are broadly applicable. Yeah. They might not apply to you. They might, but they also very well might not. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. Um, something I was curious about, I, I want to ask a follow-up to that before I forget this other one. Um, you you were talking about how like, so so essentially you'll look at these variables, You'll when, when a company will come to you, um, you'll look at direct response versus a content campaign. You have different benchmarks for that. You'll put some spend behind it, figure out where they're sort of ahead of benchmarks, um, and then be able to like generally, like roughly, you'll be able to increase. Uh, uh, you can kind of double down on the thing that's working for them. So, yeah, here, here's what we can influence. Here's what can be influenced. Not just us, but here's what can be influenced on a campaign level, right? Well, it, it's limited. You can influence the targeting. You can influence the. Um, the messaging and then like what it is, right? Is it DR or, or uh, more content? And even within DR, you can kind of, you know, you can play around with the, the messaging um, and you can shift, you can shift budget around from the tar. Like you can say, okay, you know, we're seeing that there's an edge and, you know, CIOs versus directors of IT. Um, I don't know, the, the cost per lead there might be double, but the lead to meeting ratio there is, you know, four times higher. Let's get as many of those leads as we possibly can. So here, here's kind of how you can kind of shift 
in, in the way that you're, where you're budgeting. It's not necessarily that you're uh, saying, all right, let's only target those guys. Let's only target those guys. And this is uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's a mistake, but this is something that non-LinkedIn pros uh, do quite often is that they'll say, all right, here, here's the list of every single uh, type of job title that we could be interested in. And they throw it all into one campaign. But what they're not necessarily taking into consideration is if they can sell to, say, an IT director and to a CIO, there's just a lot more IT directors than there are CIOs. And so you're just going to end up with a lot more IT directors than you are with CIOs, even if you are four times likely to sell to a CIO than an IT director. It doesn't mean you should only be targeting those guys, but it might mean that you should be targeting them separately so that you can throw more budget behind them, maybe if that's what's right for you. Right. That makes a ton of sense. Um, and what I was going to ask was you mentioned how you are very involved on to help, to help improve, um, this SQL rate, you're very involved in like looking at the CRM, talking to the team weekly, kind of on the back end. Are you that involved on the front end? Like, does your team also like, are there things you see, um, I guess, how much of that do you work on influencing on the front end? Like, Hey, we think your messaging is kind of lame or maybe isn't really like, this is a signal. Yeah. It's not resonate. Like how much do you kind of play with on the creative front when they, if a team like, you know, if Databox came to you and was like, we want to run one of these content campaigns and we want to do this 30 second video or whatever. First of all, like, I would love that. Tell John to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will. Uh, no, but, uh, seriously, um, we. We tend to do that as needed. And, and by that, I mean, we're, we're not trying to do that a lot. We're trying to say, well, is, is this working or not? And by working is, you know, or, or is this something that is improvable in a, in a big way? And so if the, say, let's say the cost for lead for a content campaign is $300. And that's, you know, that's ridiculously high. It's way, you know, it's much higher than our benchmarks. We would probably be focusing on getting that down. And one of the ways to get that down is by improving the, the copy and the creative. That's really the main way to get it down. And if after improving the copy and creative, um, it's still not down, we might be able to safely say that this topic as an ebook is just not interesting enough to this audience because, you know, we have our benchmarks and, and when the topic is interesting enough, we have our benchmarks of uh, what the cost per lead can be. Uh, and with, with the demo request campaigns, because it's about the product, we, we do have an opportunity to play around with the messaging. And so we'll usually try to go and figure out, okay, you know, should we be, you know, let, let's, let's try it with this pain point versus that pain point, but with the goal of trying to get a cost per lead down and the SQL rate up. The problem with, you know, the SQL rate on a messaging level is you need a lot of data to, to really A-B test that. And so if you really, if you really want to test uh, different messaging, you just have to and, and see how it influences, not just the cost per lead, but down the funnel, the, the SQL rate, you're really going to have to give it enough time, enough money to actually truly test it because, you know, to. If you're, say your, your average SQL rate is 15%, think about how many leads you need and how much those leads cost in order to have enough that you can actually compare between campaign A and campaign B. You'd need, I don't know, 50 leads on each, each one costing, I don't know, uh, 300 bucks. So that's $15,000. So this test, this one test costs you $30,000. And that's fine. And that's great, especially if you're spending a hundred thousand or 200,000, but if your budget is 15,000 a month, you just literally spent two months testing one thing and that could be legit. The question is, do we truly believe that there's going to be a, a meaningful difference between the two? And, and we might, there could be a case for that, mm. but there might not. And, and I'm, well, you know, we might challenge that. We might say, Hey, you know. Or one of my guys would be like, Hey, I really want to see if this is going to be, this is going to make a big difference. So like, you know what, the difference between this pain point that it's not that big. I don't really see that that's probably going to be, you know, we're going to have to spend $30,000 to truly test this out. Will, do we really believe that there's going to be a, a big difference between this and this? And, and if they believe it, well, like, all right, let's test it. But you know, we have to kind of, we have to be certain of what it is that we're testing and whether or not what we're testing is 
um, is going to be meaningful or if we believe it's going to be meaningful. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. There's, it sounds like it's a bit of, um, uh, you know, a, a bit of like art and algebra. Like it's a bit of like uh, qualitative Linux. hypothesis and then like the numbers on the back end and, and the trick is getting that blend right. Um, yeah, and I, and I think I to that, and I think this is a really important point, you know, the data is really, really, really important, especially just to kind of have, you know, you had, it's great for, for having your finger on the pulse and, and noticing changes and, and testing different things and seeing how they impact. But at the end of the day, you have to get your face outside of the Excel or the data box or the numbers. You have to get outside of the math. You have to use common sense. You have to think about it. You have to remember that there are human beings on the other side of that thing and they're taking action. You know, whether they're taking action or not, there's a reason for it. And if you don't have a plausible explanation to why they may or may not be doing something, then you're not going to be able to really, really, you know, strategize. You're not going to really, really be able to make big changes uh, into uh, improving things. Yeah, no, I mean, a ton of, it makes a ton of sense. Um, how often are you all looking at these numbers and, and, how how important is it that clients have like constant access to this? Like you said, you use DataBox, right? So do you do they have constant access that they're kind of checking in? Do you find that they're looking at these numbers daily? Um, how often are you sort of making sure that like communicating with them, like to check in? Um, are yeah. you do you have any like alerts set up? Like what's a notification that goes off that's like this is good or bad or trending? Like how do you all think about? I guess the 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 wider uh, encapsulation of it all is like. How important is it to you to check the data frequently and be transparent with it and, and sort of like keep an eye on it? And, and what are the ways yeah. that that looks like at Remotion? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, it kind of depends on pacing. So on a cost per lead level, we're looking at it multiple times a day. Um, so at, for, for all of our clients, for every single client of Remotions, we have an internal dashboard with, and, and the way I've arranged it is the, it's not just the cost per lead, it's the last seven day, the last seven day average. So I, I like to see, you know, uh, what has been the last seven day average cost per lead of this client in the last 14 days? And how is that trend or last 30 days, actually, how was that trended up or down? And also in DataBox, I, I compare that to the previous 30 day period. So you can see, you know, maybe it does get a little bit higher in the middle and get back down and, uh, and, and how is, you know, is it trending up? Is it trending down? And what we're really, you know, an alert will go off if it's like, you, it's, if it's gone way up, you see that, you know, hockey stick or, you know, or the other way, okay, it's gone way down. Something is usually up or if it flatlines for some reason, something is usually up. So we want to be on top of that on a daily basis and if possible, on a, you know, twice a day basis. Okay. Um, the, the, that down from the stuff, the, the, the SQLs, we don't look at it every day because a, there aren't SQLs every day. They're usually not SQLs every day for most of our clients. And you can't, you don't, you don't want to be making the kinds of changes needed. It, it's more like it, it's steering a boat versus you know, steering a car. You know, um, we don't want to be kind of all over the place. Oh no, it's, you know, it's going the wrong way. It's change direction. So we're trying to do that, you know, maybe twice a month, maybe once a month with the client. We'll be looking at that, comparing it to the previous month or seeing what the trend is like in the quarter. Sometimes we're looking, you know, especially if we have a, long, a large enough data set going back further enough, we're going to be looking at opportunities. We're going to be looking at customers. We're going to be trying to understand not just the general trend, you know, what's going on now, what's going on recently. But how have we been doing, you know, versus the previous quarter and the previous quarter after that? Is there something here that's seasonal? If we've been working with the client for a couple of years or if they've been running LinkedIn ads for a couple of years or, or even, you know, three, four, five years, we usually have enough data to say, oh yeah, things get really expensive in Q4 or, you know, people are not going to be picking up the phone over, you know, over Christmas or people are not going to be picking up the phone in August. So we kind of, have, if we have that, it's a lot easier to not just, you know, be reacting blindly to the, the data and be like, oh no, it's going up, it's going down. We can, we can be a little bit more thoughtful about that and, and understand that 
there's going to be some sort of seasonality there. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say at the very least, once a month, we're looking at those, um, you know, those more down funnel metrics. Not necessarily, um, you know, at the beginning of the month or anything like that. Well, we're, we're looking at it often enough that we want to understand, you know, how, how are things doing? You know, how are, the, how are we doing here? Um, and if we don't have an answer to the down funnel, and this is something I, I tell the people here all the time, it's like on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I, you know, it's great that you know what the cost per lead is. And if I wake you up in the middle of the night you should, and ask you, what's the cost per lead for so-and-so client, you should have a good answer, <laughs> but you, you should know it's, you don't, you know, this is, uh, this is what you do. Uh, but the, the down funnel stuff. If you don't know, even if it's, you, you have to look it up, even if you have to check, but if you don't know, you know, what the cost per SQL is, if you don't know what the cost per opportunity is, if you don't know what the cost of acquiring customer is for, uh, for this customer, then you don't actually know how we're doing. You don't actually know, um, you know, is it, are we doing a good job? Are we not doing a good job? Is this doing better? Is this not doing better? Uh, until you have that, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the primary indicator, uh, you know, of, of health. And this is actually driving the results that they, that they're hiring you to do. So it sounds like you're looking at these, at what people would call, um, the, like, like, like these relevancy rate factors that you talk about, like this is, you're looking at on a daily basis or multiple times a day, but then this like SQL moving the needle, you're looking at it frequently enough to kind of know on a monthly basis, like what's going on, but not so often that you're making maybe, unwise knee-jerk reactions that could just be things due to like there was a holiday today like you don't want to make too many uh yeah and i mean there it's you know for let's say if you're um if you're a company spending fifty thousand dollars a month on linkedin and your average cost for per uh meeting is uh fifteen hundred dollars you don't have that many meetings in a month you have uh what is that that's 33 you have on average a little bit more than one per day, which means that you're going to have some days where you have two or three and some days where you're going to have none. And so if you're looking at it on a daily basis, then it's very, very likely that you are going to make mistakes. Uh, also, you know, these things tend to cluster, right? So you might see, you know, most of the meetings are at the very beginning of the week and at the very end of the week and in the middle, it kind of goes down. And so if you're just looking at it on a daily basis, okay, what is my cost per meeting today? Oh no, it's, it's awful. There were no readings. You're going to be making mistakes. You're going to be going in the wrong direction. And even on a weekly basis, it's going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down. You know, this week was good. That week was bad. So I really believe in looking at it, that kind of thing on a monthly basis. Um, even if you're, you know, you're looking at it, and you shouldn't be making big decisions uh, around it on anything less than a monthly basis, unless you're running, I don't know, a million dollars right. spend a month, which you know we, we've we've seen that as well. So if you're if you are getting, you know, if your if your meeting volume is similar to another company's lead volume, then yeah, you can be making decisions like that on some sort of weekly basis for sure. Yeah, this has been so helpful. Um, I, I have one last question for you. Uh, I know we're, we're a few minutes over, so we'll wrap this up after this. Um, my question would be, I, you know, I think from my perspective in marketing, um, paid channels are often those channels. I, I guess marketers do this with a lot of channels, but you'll often hear people say, oh, LinkedIn ads don't work or Facebook ads don't work or whatever, like, or they're, they're not able to use them effectively. Um, it obviously depends, right? On, like you said, on the stage of their company, the product, product market fit, do they know their ICP? Is their creative good? Like all these things. Um, how's their sales team? What do you think are, in your experience, are there, are there things that companies do wrong, specifically with LinkedIn ads, that, that you see most commonly when they come to you? Like what are the things most companies are getting wrong when, when they approach LinkedIn ads? Yeah, wow. Um, this is something I've talked a lot about actually in other places. And I've, uh, I, I actually, this is probably one of the things I talk about the most, uh, whenever a new company approaches me. Um, so number one is just really not being ready. Uh, and by that, I mean, they might be coming at it way too early in terms of the maturity of their marketing and their team. Uh, they may not have, um, a, a fully you know, ramped up, uh, SDR team, 
which means the leads may be going to head of sales, somebody very busy, or even the CEO. Um, they might be trying to just nurture those leads with emails. That's also a big mistake. That's just not going to move the needle. Uh, Underinvesting, so spending, I don't know, $3,000 or $5,000 $7,000, probably also not enough. Could be, but probably not enough. Uh, being very inconsistent. So starting something, running it for a week, two weeks, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. And they kind of, you know, think of another idea. They try that. So just being very consistent in what they're trying to do, uh, being unclear and sometimes even dishonest with themselves about what their actual, you know, goal is. And so I've seen this often where I'll ask a client or, or a new potential client, what are you trying to achieve here? And they're like, oh, we really just care about brand awareness. We really just want to generate demand. I'm like, cool. So we're not going to run any gated content. We're not going to try to get any leads. For no, 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 we want leads. I'm like, okay, but you just said you want awareness. That's a different thing. That's like, that's one thing. And then leads is a different thing. So yeah, yeah, we want to back that. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a different, okay. So why do you want the leads? You don't just want them to sit in your database, right? You want, you want meetings, right? And you don't just want meetings. You want meetings with people who can buy and you don't, you want them to buy. And so you, that's cool. You want money. That's fine. Just say you want money. Um, <laughs> and, and people are not always, um, especially marketers, uh, or, uh, we're not always upfront about this kind of stuff. And so you should be, you know, at least to yourself, just be honest about what you're trying to achieve and what would, what would good look like. Right. And so sometimes people will come and say, Hey, we have a little test budget to see if, if LinkedIn ads can work for us. I'm like, okay, cool. What does that look like to you? What does work mean to you? Does it have to be a thousand percent ROI positive or is just getting good leads going to be interesting enough just to kind of show that you have something to work with? Like, what does good look like? Come up with a number, come up with a cost per meeting, come up with something that, that, um, that is, it, that is measurable. And if you can do that, then we can figure out, you know, if we can get on track or not, because if your goal is to get a cost per meeting at, I don't know, 500 bucks and we're getting leads at 300 bucks, then it's possible that we could get there, but it's not very likely that it's going to happen in, in the near future. You know, get, making that kind of a um, quantum leap and improvement isn't usually something that we see happen, you know, quickly. So right. if we understand where we are right now and where you need to get to in order for this thing to make sense for you, then we know is, does this even make sense to do? And so when, when deciding whether or not LinkedIn ads can work, you have to understand, like, you have to unpack that, what that work means to you. Um, we have clients that for them, LinkedIn ads works extremely well, but by the same like measure for another company and the way that they would measure success, it would be a complete disaster. So mm. it really depends on the company. It depends on their financials. It depends on their strategy, their goal. What are they trying to? prove something to investors or are they trying to be profitable this year? Are they trying, are they just trying to create, you know, growth? Uh, are they trying to create good, you know, do they need it to be ROI positive or is it enough that it just breaks even? Like, what are you trying to do here? What's the, what's the game? Right. So companies don't come in with answering all those questions or thinking through all those things and then sort of panic midway through and are, and, and are feeling like this isn't working. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's, uh, that's common. And then just making sure that you have, you know, that you have the right stuff in place. Um, like I said, you know, mature marketing, it's, it's, you know, it's very difficult to get advertising to work when you're, you know, when your website is like a WordPress, you know, it's WordPress, like it's, it's not deep. You don't have a lot of contact. The messaging isn't necessarily very tight. Um, you know, if, if you can assume that like, it just gets better and better, if it's very, very early on, then it's very, very likely that this variation of your messaging is probably not going to be the one you end up with, which means it's probably not going to work as well than the stuff that you're going to have a year from now, two years from now. And so it's possible that it's too soon. It's not necessarily the case, but it's possible. And so the viability of LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads or Google ads is going to depend on that. Um, another big thing is whether or not your audience is actually on LinkedIn, right? So mm. if you're targeting, you know, the banking industry and you're targeting say, I don't know, marketers are in banking, 
they're, they're there, you know, on LinkedIn, they're, they're, they're easily targetable, um, based on the, the regular firmographics of LinkedIn ads. But if you're only interested in talking to, I don't know, say regional banks in the United States that have over, I don't know, whatever customers and like all sorts of things that you can't necessarily target for, and that that's going to be your ICP and that the people that you're trying to talk to there, are, I don't know, um, database administrators that specialize in C++, that, that starts to get a little bit harder and a little bit more niche and a little bit more difficult to, uh, to say whether or not we're going to be actually able to get leads there. Even if that all five of them are on LinkedIn, uh, it's very, you know, unlikely that that's going to be something that's viable either. So that's, that's another big factor as well. Um, and then from a tactics perspective, just tactically speaking, are the things that you're trying to do, do they make sense? And this is kind of from a little bit of a different, um, a different world, but sometimes our clients ask us to run like job ads, trying to, you know, they're trying to get, uh, programmers, everybody's trying to get developers, sure. everybody needs, uh, more programmers. And so they're like, Hey, let's run LinkedIn ads. Right. And I've tried this enough times. I can say, no, don't run LinkedIn ads because if, you know, if, if they're not you know, if they're not signing up to your, for your, to your job ad as is, it means that there's a problem in the market. Like there's not enough of them. They're not looking. And so just, you know, them seeing the ad and, and getting them to click on the ad is not going to be enough. Um, and so that's just, no matter what, very, very unlikely to work. So there's no point in doing that if it's not going to add up. And so some of this stuff, um, it just, no matter what won't add up. If you're. Um, if what you're selling, say costs $30 a month, right. And you, you know, your average customer value is a hundred dollars a month to a thousand two hundred dollars a month and leads are costing you, or sorry, a year, a thousand two hundred dollars a year and leads cost you $300. It's very, very, very unlikely that LinkedIn is going to be uh, viable for you. Uh, but if, uh, you could sell at a hundred thousand dollars a year or 20,000 or 16,000 or a million dollars a year, then LinkedIn ads absolutely can work for you. You just have to get it to work for you. Right. Yeah, no, this is super helpful. I, I think this is going to be super helpful for a lot of companies that are thinking about exploring it and diving in, but, um, you know, I, but aren't aware of, of maybe potential pitfalls they'd be walking into. Um, Man, thank you so much, Gabriel. This has been awesome. This has been really fun to chat with you about. For anyone who wants to follow you and kind of learn more either about Remotion or just kind of like consume more of your thought leadership, uh, where can they find you? LinkedIn, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, connect with Gabriel on LinkedIn. He's sharing good insights all the time. And then Remotion is remotion remotion.io, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's remotion.io. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.